Amen. I, I feel like the Lord has put a, a special word on my heart this morning for our service. And while you're turning over to the book of Luke, the 23rd chapter, we're going to be reading from Luke chapter 23. And while you're turning there, let me just say I too would like to say thank you to all of those that uh, labored and all of those that donated and all of those that were a part of our dinner this last Friday. And uh, can I brag on Elevation, uh, Team Elevation, for just a minute? Elevation Worship Center has a, a Relay for Life team. We call it Team Elevation. And, uh, and just, you know, just because I'm proud of y'all, uh, I wanted you to know that in all of the different teams throughout the entirety of Jim County, we are number three for raising funds. And the only one that's in front of us is Walmart and uh, Albertsons. So we're doing pretty good. Amen. So thank you for all of your efforts and all of your help. Uh, when they got ready to have that, uh, that little fundraiser, they said, Pastor, what will you do? I said, well, you know, I don't think I should take charge of the cooking. <laughs> and so just show me where the dish pan is and where the dishes are, and I'll do the dishes. So my hands have recovered from Friday night, and dish pan hands are now gone. So I'm doing better. Amen. All right. Luke chapter 23. And we're going to read this morning, beginning with the 32nd verse. Luke chapter 23, beginning with the 32nd verse. When you got that, say amen. amen. And there were also two other male factors led with him to be put to death. And when they were come to the place, which is called Calvary, there they crucified him and the male factors, the one on the right hand and the other on the left. Now slip down to verse number 39. And one of the male factors which were hanged railed on him, railed against Jesus, mocked against Jesus, saying, If thou be the Christ, then save yourself and us. How many of you think he was really thinking about Jesus? He said, if you are the Christ, then save yourself and save us. But the other, the other thief, the other one that hung on the other side. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, dost thou not fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And we justly, amen, we indeed justly, for we receive the due rewards of our deeds. But this man hath done nothing amiss. This man has done nothing wrong. And then he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, and I love this, Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Thou shalt be with me today, thou shalt be with me in paradise. And I'm going to stop right there this morning, ask if you'll bow your heads, and let's pray and ask the Lord for his help and for his anointing and reading and ministering his word. Father, we thank you this morning for the awesome opportunity that we have here to be in the house of God. Thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit that we have sensed during our worship. Thank you this morning, Lord, that you have 
come with us and met with us here in this place today. Father, we would ask now that you would add a blessing to the reading of your word. And I pray, Father, that you would anoint me and bless me to be a blessing. Put your word in my mind. Put your word in my mouth. Put your word in my heart. Inspire my thoughts. And I pray, Father, that you will let the anointing of the Holy Spirit give me liberty in the house of God. That you will allow me to minister as an instrument in your hand. And Father, for all of these things, we will be grateful. I ask above all things that Christ be glorified and that the people of God would be edified. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone in agreement said amen. <clears throat> I probably should shed this before I get started. Amen. I want to title my message this morning, The Message Behind the Three Crosses. The Message Behind the Three Crosses. In the back of your mind this morning, journey with me to a place and time and to a spot just outside the walls of Jerusalem to a place called Calvary. Journey with me in your mind this morning and just see if you cannot get a panoramic view of the things that took place there on that day. The Bible calls it the place of a skull, Calvary. It was Mount Moriah just outside of the Temple Mount. And as we would approach that mountain this morning and as we would begin to approach that place called Calvary, there was a crowd there that day that was gathered around. Some were cheering and others were jeering and there were others that were weeping. There were others that were moved with compassion and there were those that looked upon the scene that was before them and they wept bitter tears. I don't know about you this morning, but we, I can see it in my mind. And as we would approach that crowd that was some jeering and some cheering and others weeping and, and all of these places of emotion happening in their heart. As we would approach that hill, we would see three figures, three silhouettes upon that mountainside, three wooden crosses. The Roman cross was... A, a cruel weapon of death. It was an instrument of death. It was an instrument of a cruel, amen, a cruel death of agony and pain. As you approach that mountain, you would see three crosses. You would see the cross in the middle, and then on either side, there were two crosses, one on the left and one on the right. I think it is important this morning that we understand that when Jesus was crucified, that he was not crucified alone. Oftentimes when we begin to think of that scene in our mind or that picture in our mind, we automatically go to the old rugged cross. We automatically zone in or we automatically tune in to the cross in the middle, the cross whereon Jesus died. 
But I want you to understand this morning that it is very important for us to understand that there were three crosses upon that hill. There were three crosses upon that hillside. And there were also three men that gave their life there that day. Jesus was not the only one that perished. But there were two other beside him. Amen. Why is that important, Pastor Gary? I hope to make that relevant to us before we leave this service this morning. As we approached that mountain and we looked upon those crosses and we looked upon the silhouette of those crosses, there in the middle, on the middle cross, was Jesus Christ. And the Bible teaches us here in our text that on the left hand and on the right hand there hung two thieves. They justly paying the Roman penalty for thievery. They filled with guilt and shame and condemnation and, amen, and guilty of their crime hung on either side. Of the Lord. I believe this morning that it is no mere incident or it is no mere accident that Jesus was crucified among those thieves. The Bible tells us, and you will find it in Isaiah chapter 53 and verse number 12, the Bible tells us uh, that Jesus, when he died, he would be numbered among the transgressors. That was written about 735 years before Jesus was ever born, uh, that he would be crucified and that he would die upon Calvary and that he would be numbered among the transgressors. I believe that God had a hand in orchestrating everything that happened there on that day. I believe that God had a hand in every moment and in every detail of what took place at Calvary this morning. And I believe that there were not only three crosses as the Bible teaches, but I believe that we must not forget that there were three men that died there that day because picture this, amen, in your mind, what you see is a picture of God's salvation plan how so pastor gary let me just tell you this morning that there on that mountainside hanging on these three crosses was a perfect picture of the plan of god's salvation because there in the middle the man in the middle he died for sin one of the thieves died to sin And the other thief died in sin. It's a perfect picture of God's plan of salvation. Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, he died for the sin of mankind. And there, one of the thieves died to his sin and found eternal life. But the other thief died in his sin and perished and was lost without God. A perfect picture of the plan of God's salvation. One thief died as a condemned sinner. The other thief died as a sinner saved by grace. Wow. Hallelujah. How many of you are glad this morning that you are saved by the grace of God? 
Amen. Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, there on the middle cross, He died as the Savior of the world. He died as the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. He died that all who call upon His name and all who will believe in the name of the Lord shall be saved. Consider with me this morning these three crosses. One man died for sin. One man died to sin. And one man died in sin. Amen. I want to talk this morning about the three crosses and the message behind each one of those crosses. The first cross that I want to speak of this morning is the cross of redemption. Christ died for our sins. Christ died for our iniquities. He came, amen, from heaven, wrapped himself in a robe of flesh, took upon him, the Bible says, the form of a servant, and made himself compliant to the will of God and the plan of God's salvation. And he died on Calvary to set us free. But he was an innocent man. He was sinless. He was spotless. He was guiltless. Amen. But he died in our place. The Bible gives us a record of those that declared Christ to be innocent. Amen. Pilate, the Roman governor, concluded at the end of the trial. Now, Pilate was his judge at the trial. Pilate turned to the people and said, I find no fault in this man. And the people continued to yell, crucify him, crucify him. And Pilate finally turned around and said, why? What evil has he done? You tell me, I've, I've listened to all of your testimony and I find no fault in him. Why should I turn him over to you and have him crucified? Why? I find no fault in him at all. Pilate finally took a bowl and before the people he washed his hands and he said, I'll wash my hands of this matter. I can't find any fault in him, but you take him and you do whatever you want to with him. But Pilate saw that he was an innocent man. Pilate's wife, the Bible teaches, had a dream given from God. And in Matthew chapter 27 and verse number 19, she sent word to her husband, Pilate, before the trial. And she said, listen, amen, if you know what you're doing, you'll have nothing to do with this just man. There is no guilt in him. There is no sin in him. Judas, who betrayed him, cried out saying in Matthew chapter 27 and verse number 4, he says, I have sinned in that I have betrayed innocent blood. I'm the guilty party. Because I have betrayed innocent blood. One of the thieves hanging by his side that, that day in our text, in verse number 41, in our text, he come to the conclusion, amen, he said, amen, uh, this man has done nothing wrong. This man, we justly pay for our penalty. We justly pay the price for our sin. But this man is dying and he hasn't done anything wrong. 
First Peter chapter 2 and verse number 22, Peter would later write concerning Jesus that he, in verse number 22 in chapter 2 of First Peter, he said, he committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. Beloved, let me just tell you something this morning. Amen. When you look at history and you look at the pages of the word of God, it will not take you very long to find out that Jesus Christ was an innocent, guiltless man, and yet he was he was placed on Calvary's cross for you and I. He went there, amen, because of our sin. No one could find any fault in him except the old religious law keepers of the day, and all they were worried about was him changing their traditions. But no one else could find any fault with him. But the Bible teaches that he became sin for us. Amen. Look in Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 21. The Bible said in 2 Corinthians 5 and 21 that God hath made him, Jesus, to be sin for us. He who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Oh, what a marvelous exchange. Amen. Let me tell you what happened. God the Father said, I'm going to take your sin. And I'm going to lay it upon him. And I'm going to take his right standing and his righteousness. And I'm going to lay it upon you. Amen. I'm here to tell you this morning. The man on the middle cross died in my place. He died in your place. He hung there for me. He hung there for you this morning. And an innocent man paid the price that we might go free. He was sinless and he was spotless. John the Baptist saw Jesus coming down the banks of the Jordan River one day. Amen. You'll find it in John chapter 1 and verse number 29. And when John saw Jesus coming down the banks of the Jordan River, he said, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. First Peter chapter 2 and verse number 24 says, He, his own self, Jesus, he his own self bear our sins in his body on the tree that we listen to this that we being dead to sin might live unto righteousness and by whose stripes we are healed let me tell you Christ came to bring physical healing he came to bring emotional healing and he came to bring spiritual healing to our lives the mere fact that Jesus was the Christ, the Christ means the anointed one of God. The mere fact that Jesus was the anointed one, the mere fact that he was the blessed son of God, the mere fact that he was born of a virgin, born by the spirit and the will of God, amen, makes his cross the cross of redemption. That first cross is the cross of redemption. The Bible teaches that Jesus was the lamb of God that was slain from the foundation of the world, from the foundation of time. God had a plan to redeem man back unto himself from the foundation 
moment of time, it was determined that Christ would go to Calvary to make us free. Amen. Jesus, God's only son, he died on that middle cross for all of humanity. And that cross represents, and it will forever represent, the redemption plan and the salvation of our God. Mm. There on that middle cross, the innocent died for the guilty. There on that middle cross, the sinless died for the sinful. There on that middle cross, the eternal God of heaven gave his life for mortal man. Let that sink in to your spirit this morning. Amen. There on that cross of redemption, Christ, the eternal God, amen, gave himself as a sacrifice to redeem mortal man. I don't know about you, but that makes me want to shout hallelujah. I don't know about you but that makes me want to say thank you Jesus. I don't know about you but that makes me want to lift my hands and say praise God. I don't know about you but it makes me want to shout I am the redeemed of the Lord. Mm. Hallelujah. That first cross that cross in the middle was the cross of redemption. The message behind that cross is I love you so much that I am willing to lay down my life for you. I love you so much that I'm willing to give myself that you might have eternal life. Now consider with me the second cross. That cross was the cross of repentance. We have the cross of redemption and then we have the cross of repentance. The first thief that I should like to speak about this morning as we begin to read about the man who hung on the cross of repentance, he appears, listen to this, he appears to be just as ungodly and just as wicked as his counterpart on the other side. He didn't, he didn't start out saying this man has done nothing wrong. He didn't start out saying, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He didn't start out with a right spirit and a right heart. He was just as wicked and just as ungodly as the guy on the other side. Can you prove that, Pastor Gary? I can. I'm going to have you turn there. Matthew chapter 27 I want you to read it with me. Matthew chapter 27, beginning with verse number 38. When this gentleman started out, he mocked and he railed against the Lord just as the other thief. The Bible tells us in the book of Matthew and also in the book, uh, book of Mark, it states very clearly that both thieves ridiculed the Lord. Matthew chapter 27, verse number 38. Listen to what it says. Then there were two thieves crucified with him, one on the right hand and the other on the left. And as they that passed by, the people that passed by underneath the cross, as they that passed by reviled him, wagging their heads, saying, Thou that destroyest the temple, and, go, and you go rebuild it in three days. You that 
destroys the temple and, and you're going to build it in three days. Save yourself if thou be the son of God. And come down off the cross. Let me give you a modern day translation. Hey, Jesus, if you're all that in a bag of chips, really? Come on down. Prove it. Hello? And then it says, and likewise also the chief priests mocking him and the scribes and the elders. And this is what they said. He saved others, but himself he cannot save. If he be the king of Israel, if you're the king of Israel, then come down off the cross and we'll believe. And some of them that passed by said, he trusted God. Let God deliver him now. What sarcasm. Let God deliver him now. If he will have him for this man said he is God's son. And look at the last verse. Verse 44 that I'm going to read. It says, and the thieves, not singular, plural, both of them. And the thieves also, which were crucified with him, cast the very same thing in his teeth. In other words, both of the thieves started out saying the same thing that all of those at the foot of the cross were saying. Hey, if you're the son of God, save yourself and save us. If you're the king of Israel, do something about this situation. Oh, you saved others, but you can't save yourself. You hear what I'm talking about this morning. Both reviled and both mocked and both cast the same thing in his teeth. In other words, putting the same mockery in his face. But something began to happen to one of the thieves on the cross of redemption. Something began to transpire. Something began to change in this man's heart. Something began to change his outlook and begin to change his situation because we read it right there in the book of Luke. Amen. After a while, he rebuked the other guy for, amen, mocking Christ. And he said, hey, don't you fear God? Seeing that you are in the same condemnation, don't you fear the Lord? Something happened in his heart while he hung there. Something happened in his spirit while he hung on the cross. Something changed his outlook. Something changed down on the inside of him. I believe, amen, that he began to notice that in spite of the jeering and in spite of the mocking and in spite of those that railed against Jesus, I believe that this man kind of had to take notice that Jesus never cursed them back, never gave them a rebuke. He never showed an ugly attitude. He never showed an ugly spirit. He never showed, all he showed was love. And the thief had to say, hey, that ain't natural. Can I tell you how you know you're still walking in the flesh and you're still carnal? If you got an ugly attitude about something. Well, that'll preach. I probably need to duck before I preach it, but that'll preach. Hello? Something happened on his, on his inside. Something happened down on his heart. Amen. He started to notice that in spite of the jeering and the cursing and the mockery, that Jesus did not retaliate. He did not tit for tat. He just simply 
remained silent and showed love. I believe that he noticed that instead, instead of Jesus thinking about himself, that he noticed Jesus was thinking about his mother at the foot of the cross. Jesus looked at John the disciple and looked at his mother and said, Son, behold your mother. Mother, behold your son. In other words, what Jesus was saying was, I need to know that she's going to be taken care of. I need to know that somebody's going to look out for her. I'm not thinking about my pain. I'm not thinking about my agony. But I'm thinking about someone else in need. That's not natural. The thief on the cross had to notice Hmm. He ain't thinking about himself. He's thinking about others. I believe that other thief on the cross, amen, that got his heart changed, that hung on the cross of, of redemption, that hung on the cross of repentance. I believe that he heard Jesus when he looked toward heaven and he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Uh, amen. And what kind of man does that? What kind of man has that kind of godly attitude? What kind of man? I believe that he began to notice, hey, this is more than a man. This this is more than a prophet. This is uh, indeed the Son of God. This is, uh, amen, the, son, the King of kings uh, and the Lord of lords. And something happened in his heart. He began to believe. He began to believe. He began to have faith in God. And listen what he says. He turns toward Jesus and he says, Lord, Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. That doesn't sound very theologically deep, does it? Doesn't sound like a long, drawn-out prayer. But let me just tell you something this morning. Amen. It was a prayer from the cross of repentance. Notice number one. First of all, he called him Lord. Lord... And then he prayed. This was his prayer of repentance. Somebody said, how do I repent? This was his prayer of repentance. Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Amen. That isn't very theologically deep. That ain't very wordy. You might not even think it's pretty. But it was sincere. It was sincere. He first of all calls him Lord and he recognized the leadership of Jesus and the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And then he prayed, remember me when you come into your kingdom. It was a prayer of repentance. Uh, simple it may have been, uh, but it was sincere and from his heart. Uh, and Jesus heard the prayer of his repentance. And that moment right there hanging on the cross amen salvation came to his life amen and he was redeemed by the blood of the lamb and by the grace of God and he was forgiven and Jesus turns to him and says today thou shalt be with me in paradise let me break that down for a minute today present tense not sometime in the future, but present tense. Right now, salvation. At that very moment, 
He died to sin and was redeemed by the blood of the Lamb and born again by the blood of Jesus Christ and made free and made eternally secure in Christ. And Jesus says, you will be with me. Today, you will be with me. What a position of honor. What a position of honor. You'll be with me in paradise. Paradise, a perfect salvation. Paradise, a perfect redemption. Paradise, a perfect plan to redeem. Paradise is an old uh, Persian word, and it comes from the meaning a walled garden. Let me give you a little historical uh, truth for just a minute to really help you understand what Jesus said. He says, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Paradise is an old Persian word, and it literally means a walled garden, a, a, gar a wall of beautiful flowers. Anytime a Persian king, amen, would accept someone into the realm of their kingdom. Historically, every time a Persian king would receive somebody into their kingdom and make them a part of their vision and their purpose, that king would take them to the wall and show them the wall of paradise or show them that beautiful wall of flowers. In other words, Jesus was giving this thief, he was giving him a promise to take him to the wall of paradise. Today, you will be with me. Today, I will escort you into my kingdom. Today, you are part of my kingdom. Today, uh, you are mine. Today, you are one of mine. You are one of my subjects. Uh, today, I will take you to paradise. Hallelujah. Jesus honored that Repenting thief's prayer. Salvation came into his heart. Salvation came into his spirit and into his life. I thought as I was putting this together, oh, what love. Oh, what grace. And oh, what perfect salvation that God has for each one of us. When we are willing to confess our sin and willing to turn loose of our ungodly ways. And willing to walk right in the sight of the Lord. Amen. God has a perfect plan of salvation this cross of repentance it ever stands to remind you and I this morning the message behind the cross of repentance is that no matter how far you have drifted away and no matter how sinful you may have been there is a God that stands with his arms outstretched and says come unto me all ye that are weary and are heavy laden and I'll give you rest Come unto me and I'll give you salvation. I'll take you into my kingdom and give you perfect redemption through the blood of Christ. Hallelujah. The first cross was the cross of redemption. The second cross was the cross of repentance. Now the third cross. Because the third cross on that hill has a message for you and I today as well. That third cross was the cross of rejection. The cross of rejection. From the beginning to the very last moment, 
the thief on the cross of rejection, mocked and ridiculed and, and, and scowled at the Lord. How many of you know that thief saw the same compassion in Jesus when he heard him say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He saw the same love in the eyes of Christ and yet he refused to believe. He hardened his heart and he rejected the word of the Lord and he rejected the gospel and he rejected salvation's plan. Amen. No doubt he, he, he hung there as he, as he hung on that cross. He, he saw the mercy and the compassion that Jesus showed. No doubt he felt the love that, amen, was flowing off of that cross. And yet through all of that, he refused to see his own sinful way. And from the beginning to the end, he rejected Jesus Christ. From the beginning to the end, he mocked him. And instead of having a changed heart, he continued to cast the same into the teeth of the Lord. He continued to rail upon the Lord. He could have repented. How many of you know that Jesus would not just have had compassion on one thief and not the other? He could have repented. He could have recognized that Jesus, the Savior, could have forgiven him as well. But instead, he hardened his heart. And instead, he refused to repent. And let me tell you this morning, he died in his sin, unsaved. And he died without hope. And he died separated from God forever and forever. The cross of rejection. He could have repented, but what a tragedy. Think of it for a moment this morning. He could have repented, and he too could have went with the Lord into paradise that same hour. He too could have went into paradise that same moment in time. He went into the eternal riches of God's glory, saved by the blood of the Lamb, redeemed with a new song and a new name, written down in glory and a new heart. But he refused to believe. I'm here to tell you this morning, the three crosses on the top of Mount Calvary each have a message. One Christ to humanity that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. And the other Christ, repent and be saved. And the other cross, amen, cries out, reject and be lost. Hmm. Hallelujah. Christ's death was efficient for everyone that believes. Jesus said, all who come unto me, I will in no wise cast out. In other words, it's, it's available to everyone. He's not willing that any should be lost. He's not willing that any should die in their sin. Amen. He desires for everyone to be saved. I believe that Christ desired this thief on the cross of rejection to come to him as well. But he rejected Christ and he refused to believe and he refused to accept the Lord. 
Listen, if we accept Jesus Christ, our sin are taken away. We're washed in the blood. We're covered by the blood of Christ. And our sins are buried in the depths of the sea. Amen. Separate us. Separated from us. The Bible said, as far as the east is from the west. But let me also tell you this morning that if we refuse to accept Christ, amen, and if we refuse to accept the Lord as our Savior, then our sin will remain remain with us and upon us and our sin will forever separate us from the presence of God the thief on the cross of rejection he died without God he died without ever knowing the joy of sins forgiven he died without ever knowing the joy of God's marvelous grace all because he refused to believe and he rejected the message of the cross This morning, in the theater of your mind, there are still but three crosses on that lonely hillside. The cross of redemption upon which Jesus hung. The cross of repentance upon which one of the thieves hung. And the cross of rejection upon which one of the thieves hung. For one, it was paradise gained. For the other, it was paradise lost. For one, amen, for one, it was, it was, uh, it was complete repentance and joy in the God of salvation. For the other, it was eternal darkness, where the Bible says there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Let me just tell you this morning that we have a choice in the matter. One thief was saved one when he ter- went into eternity without God. Amen. One was redeemed by the blood of the Lamb at the, at the 11th hour of his life. He found salvation and found, amen, salvation in the name of the Lord. But the other thief died without a prayer of penance upon his lips. And he went into eternity without God. The messages behind the gospel or the messages behind the cross is that the gospel is free and available to all that will believe amen and he will redeem if we will repent but if we refuse to repent then we will forever be lost upon that tree of rejection the cross the middle cross think about it for a moment the middle cross had but two sides the cross of Jesus Christ has brought a dividing line between humanity That dividing line is one side stands repentant, one side stands believing, and one side stands redeemed. On the other side, there stands the unrepentant, the unbelieving, and the condemned. And this morning I ask you, which side of the cross are you on? Which side of the cross are you standing on? Amen. Christ died to give us freedom and set us free. In his, in his sacrifice, we have complete redemption and we have complete freedom in the Lord. But on the other side of that cross this morning, the cross of rejection stands as a warning for humanity that all who reject the gospel of Christ and all who refuse to come to Christ shall forever be lost.
This morning I ask, which side of the cross are you standing on? Say, well, Pastor Gary, I repented of my sins a long time ago. Well, has something crept back into your spirit that ought not be there? Is there something in your heart, something in your life this morning that needs to be, that needs to be repented of, that needs to be put under the blood? Because the blood cleanses from all unrighteousness, cleanses from all sin. Don't stand this morning on the wrong side of Calvary. Three crosses, one man died for sin. One man died to sin, and one man died in sin. The cross of redemption, the cross of repentance, and the cross of rejection. When the Spirit of the Lord begins to deal with us to repent of something, do we say, no, not now, not now, not now. I will sometime, but not now. Hello? Bow your heads, please. We'll close. Precious Heavenly Father, this morning... I have endeavored to deliver what you have laid upon my heart. I have endeavored, Lord, to deliver what you have given me to preach. And now I pray, Father, that you will take the word of this message. Let it penetrate the hearts of the hearers. Those that will hear on the internet as those, as well as those that have heard here in this congregation. Lord, if there's anything in our spirit, God, that we need to repent of, if there's anything that stands between you and our complete salvation, reveal that to us this morning. Show us the error of our way. We want to stand on the right side of the cross, forgiven, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Touch every heart with your word, Lord, I ask in the mighty name of Jesus. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed, and I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. How many of you here this morning, amen, not to Brother Gary, but how many of you here this morning as the Spirit of the Lord just speaks to your heart, you would say to the Lord, God, that's me. There's some things I need to get, I need to get under the blood. There's some things in my spirit. Yes, yes. God sees your hand. God sees your hand. Your hand. Your hand. There's some things I need to there's some things I need to get under the blood. God sees your hands. Yes, yes. God sees every hand that's been lifted here in this place this morning. I thank you for your honesty before the Lord. I thank you for your honesty before the Lord. It is an honest heart that he can touch. It is an honest heart that he forgives. Stand to your feet all over the building this morning. Everyone just slip your hands up toward heaven. Let me pray with these that have lifted their hand. Father, you said in your word that if we would acknowledge our sin, you said if we confess our sin, that you would be faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Lord, the message of the crosses that stood on Calvary that day is one redeems if we just simply repent. But if we reject and we refuse and we rebel and we harden our heart, we realize that we stand in jeopardy 
Every hand that was lifted here this morning, Heavenly Father, honor that hand. Right now, right where they stand, let the blood of Calvary erase the record of their wrong. Renew a right spirit. Renew a right heart. Renew and quicken your word in their life. Renew and quicken your spirit in their heart this morning. And before they leave this place, let them know beyond a shadow of a doubt that they are redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Amen. Everyone just slip up your hand. Those of you that lifted your hands, just call upon the name of the Lord and let him know, Father, amen, Father, I need you to remove this from my life. I need you to forgive me. I need you to cleanse me. I need you to wash me. Make me clean this morning. Take away my wrongdoing. Wash me in the blood of Jesus. I accept Christ as my sacrifice and my redeeming Savior. And I believe the message from the cross. I believe the message from the cross. I pray, Lord, for each one. I pray, Lord, for each one, each individual need right now. In the name of Jesus, let them have freedom in your spirit. Let them be free from that condemnation. Let them be free from that guilt. Let them be free from that work. Amen. The work of the enemy. Let them be totally free right now. In Jesus' name. And we will give you the praise. And we will give you the glory for it. In Jesus' mighty name, we thank you. In Jesus' mighty name.